means the mics, once it says live, once it says live, we're actually on. That's what that means. And I've got a rooster crowing in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody. Johnny Bean here. Welcome to a special edition of Exclusively Van Halen. Normally, we're on Twitch on Wednesdays, but tonight we're going to be here on YouTube. So join us, please. And quick announcement, this Friday, exclusively Van Halen, the weekly EVH show. It's almost turned into a daily show. We'll be live at 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, which is, what, noon Pacific, with uh, Mikhail Schenkel. So join us. Join us this Friday. So, all right, let's start it. You ready, man? Rock and roll. All right. Is that the right one? I think it is. Okay, here we go. Hey, this is Michael Anthony right here, and you are watching exclusively Van Halen on the Johnny Bean TV. Keep it there. Woo! Hey now, hey, hey man, Mikey Mojo is here, look at that, and where are you, where exactly are you again? I am 12 miles inland of the Jersey Shore. Uh, Very cool, man, that's awesome. We just had Mikey introduce us, I'm like... (laughs) And I'm, I'm set. I am set. <laughs> that is so awesome, that cameo. Like, you should have that on a loop and just run it continuously. Uh, I, eventually, oh. that's the plan. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but hey, welcome, everybody. Again, as I said, this is a special edition of Exclusively Van Halen. Normally, we're, we come to you guys on Twitch on Wednesdays, but because Mikey Mojo is here. We, we, we are here on YouTube and Facebook. So welcome, you guys. It's May 18th, 2022, 8, 11 p.m. Eastern, 5, 11 Pacific, out here in Santa Cruz, California. And let's say, let's say hello to the executive producers of Johnny Bean TV here on YouTube. They are Dave Ennis, Vinyl Freak 5150, Mike Neese, Music Therapy Laz, Majestic PB and J Cat, Wayno, Steve O 5150, False Flag, Sherman Callahan, Andy Carson, Michael B, R Habs, Warlag, The Chad, Lawrence Christensen, Lenny Lou and Mary, uh, James Gunn, you'd think I would memorize these, John Moronic, Paul Martin Woods, Stephen Franklin, Fabulous Disaster, who's back after two years, uh, Michael Smith, the captain, Thomas Santiago, Joe Christian, Jim Murray Hawkins, David Allen Wright, and Steve Carmichael. 
That is the top tier of channel membership here on Johnny Bean TV here on YouTube. If you'd like to become a channel member, click that join button right below. That's 16 thumbs ups currently. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you, thank you. And let's let's say, nah, I just got here. You know, this show looks okay. You know, I'd like to help support you guys with this because it's not free. Um, I, but I'll, I'll give you a super chat. Any super chats will change the color of my lights. I've got what's called the guitar noir back here. If you'd like to help support this channel, support this show. Any super chats will magically, magically change those colors back there. Um, and if you want to call it, actually, the phone was ringing earlier. Somebody was calling. 415-952-3263 is the number. But please, if you're going to call up, send me a text first and just say your name and and uh, maybe a, a subject because, you know, I am my own uh, call screener. Uh, we're also live on Facebook, Johnny Bean TV Facebook page. We have Facebook stars, a digital gift that helps in the production of these shows. And we're also live in the exclusively Van Halen Facebook group, which we're just under 63,000 members. EVH Gear Live Facebook group and Facebook page and John Bean TV Facebook page and my personal page as well. Uh, yeah, there we are. So, hey, hey, man. This is great. Thanks hey, for having Johnny. This is awesome, man. You're welcome, man. Stephen Franklin. Thank you, man. Did they did they change? Oh, there they go. There it went. Thank Stephen Franklin. Thank you so much, man. Channel member. Thank you for all your support, man. Yeah, Mikey, Mikey Mojo. The, the the longer you do these shows, the more intense and insane they get, and it's it's a lot of stuff to keep track of. It's a lot of stuff, so you 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 really have to like keep keep track of what you're doing, you know. Yeah, I can imagine, man. We can um, make this interesting, man. Every time you change your light, I'll take a sip of bourbon. Let's <laughs> <laughs> change that light. Mikey sounds good to me. That sounds like a challenge. All right. Any anytime you any anybody wants to change those lights back there, any super chats, he'll he'll take a, a, a sip. I got a lot of bourbon in the man cave. So Always a sip. <laughs> Man, well, awesome, dude. Well, hey, first of all, first of all, let me just say, great, great to meet you. I know we've been like Instagram. Ing, you yeah. know, for 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 quite a while. So I've seen you, I've seen you around, um, but this is like the first time we're really like meeting and, and talking. And by the way, Rob Johnson was supposed to be here tonight, but yeah. he, he he had to cancel at the last minute. But that's what usually happens anyway. So right, so it's okay. But it it gives us a chance to to uh to catch up and stuff so absolutely and and i'll reciprocate that it's you know i watch the show i'm a fan obviously and uh it's great to meet virtually in person if that makes mm -hmm. any but uh, oh yeah um yeah. yeah it's just a great community i mean i i found you through through guys like kurt you know kurt and steve-o and and the mm -hmm. guy even the 5150 show and like it's just a nice community of folks who we just hear doing the same thing sharing their stories and their tales and their passion for Ed and Van Halen and other things like, you know, we're all guitar players. Uh, we all have uh, a passion for music, especially Ed and Van Halen related stuff. So it's mm -hmm. really nice to befriend and meet new people. And I kind of really dove into this in the beginning of the pandemic because people were home like two years ago, you know, March of 20. Um, everyone was on lockdown. And I really dug back into my music and some old passions of mine. 
you know, we all work, we, we have families and stuff and kids and activities uh, and all that stuff kind of gets put on the back burner at times. But during the pandemic, it was like, you know what? Um, I started playing my guitars a lot more, started getting into building some guitars, uh, met guys like my friend Lewis at Fairfield, who's probably watching, I hope. Oh, and just at, Right. You know, you start meeting more folks and, and this it's like the six degrees of separation. This folk introduced you to that folk. And I met Kurt and through Kurt, I met Rob and all this kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And obviously, I've been watching your show, and then everyone comes on your show like a big hangout. So it's great. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Ah, it's awesome, man. It's awesome. It and we're going to have to see some of those guitars a little later, sure. I think. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Close-ups. Uh, that's, that's most of them. I currently have about 15 Ed guitars, uh, ranging from, you know, the earliest of 77 inclination of the uh, Franken Strat, the, the, the Eruption Strat up to the newer ones and up to the music mans. But, you know, it gets fun. After a while, you start getting into the, like, uh, offset EVH ones. Like, uh, I'm building, not building personally, but finishing the build of a Rasta guitar that Lewis at Fairfield did the paint job and the body work for me. Okay. He showed, he, he kind of showed us some of that last yeah, week. So that's did. yours. Okay. Me and one for Steve-O. So mine's almost done. Okay, cool. And now we're thinking about a That thing looked great. You know something a little more offset like that like definitely need a shark i need a rood i got to finish out the 81 series so mm -hmm. but yeah it's mm -hmm. great but collecting is great you know people always say non-musicians or like even my wife they're like how many guitars you need it's like well, how many pair of shoes or purses you need it's like <laughs> it's art it's it's workable playable art i'll steal that quote from joe bonamassa now i don't have a collection like him but there you go guitars you need just one more just one just, more that's right <laughs> They go up in value anyway. Yes. Yeah, and they're all different. Yeah. You you can't you can't different. just you can't just have one. No, I got Les Pauls and Tellys and Strats, and every guitar I pick up, I pick I pick up my Strat, and I you know I just get like a Stevie Ray kind of vibe or a Hendrix kind of vibe. I pick up those, and there's only one vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like you play differently, mm -hmm. you get it. Like you pick up a Les Paul, you play with you know, differently, a little more bluesy, a little more put that neck pick up on really warm creamy sound like a either mm -hmm. a, you know, or a peter green or something like that and you pick up like a kramer and you're gonna like play like eddie or Vito brada or somebody like that or steve i you get to have a different approach so that's why it's like a different shoe you know you put it on and it's a different whole different feel for me anyway yeah i agree i i i agree um no i mean i i've, I've been a uh uh musician for a lot of years i've been in a lot of bands i've toured i've i was actually signed at one point um wow. and um so i've i've done i've done a lot of stuff I, and and the the way that i look at it is the the instruments the guitars they're they're just they're really for me anyway they're just tools um you know it's like I, I won't um for, for for me it really depends on the on the on the band depends on the song depends on the part uh I mean ultimately it depends on the sound it's all about the sound and and it could be the the ugliest guitar in the world it could play horribly but have that sound for that song right that's that's what I'll use and Absolutely. like like I tell people, I'll play anything. I'll do you know whatever because it's all about all about the the sound and whatever. But uh, 
You're right. When you're when you're recording, you know, I did some recording with, with some bands I played with in, in, in my past. And you're laying down tracks of guitars. You, you're doing three, four tracks. It's like, okay, I got a track with a Les Ball. I need something that's gonna complement that. Let me put it, let me put a telly over that. Might sound cool. Uh, maybe try a strat to thin it out, give it a little more high end to the bottom. So yeah, mm -hmm. if you're tracking three or four guitars. I mean, Ed did it early on. It was just one track him doing live. But when he got up to like Fair Warning and he started tracking stuff, you know, Fair Warning is always every guitar player's favorite album. Uh, so this is love. Let me do the solo on a 335. You could hear great feel. Uh, you know, dirty movies. Let me grab that SG and do the slide part, cut off the horn and get up high in the neck. You know, it's mm -hmm. like going to grab what tool am I going to use to chase that tone to get that sound? And I follow Ed because Ed always achieved it, obviously, because he was the best. But he grabbed different guitars for different things, you know. Women mm -hmm. in love grab that strat for the intro because that's the sound they want, and and so on and so on. So um, that's why you need all those guitars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all different, right? All different sounds and tonalities, and they all work. Yeah, and none better than the other. Oh, Les Paul is better than the strat. Telly's better than no. Nah, they're all equally great, and those yeah. are the greatest. <laughs> 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 there's mine i've got yeah. i've got i've got the evh frankenstein right there awesome oh, talk about the new release wasn't there a sparkle wolfgang they released this week yeah yeah it just it just dropped uh well i think it was announced a, a little while ago um okay. I, I i think i think actually we can we can actually look that up but yeah yeah evh gear today really really announced the uh it's like uh yeah gold sparkle yeah that's hot EVH gear gold sparkle wolfgang i believe it's a standard oh there it is oh it's right on the front page the gold spark yeah here let's let's show that really quick that that looks awesome this thing looks awesome yeah it's i saw it before it's nice online let me jump in jump in really quickly to the when I do these shows, I literally use like three different systems. It's 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 crazy, but I'm getting better. I'm yeah. getting better at running all this stuff on my own and by myself, and and it's it's great. So there you go. Oh well, it went away. But those are awesome. Have you played yeah. one of those yet? My yes, my buddy Rob's got the white, not Rob Johnson. Uh, my buddy Rob Demodio, uh, he's got the white combo there, fifty-one fifty, the white one, the, the little half combo. It is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It is a tone monster. We play it like on half wattage. Like there's a switch in the back where you can put it at half output, and it's mm -hmm. super loud, and it's the tones are great. Mm -hmm. I gotta get one. Oh, I I gotta get one too. There we go. So there's the Gold Sparkle Wolfgang Standard. I like that. Right there. Just really, just dropped today, I guess. Or they're promoting. They're promoting mm -hmm. it today. So, so like that one there. And then there's, there's like, there's like a Seafoam Green Wolfgang yeah, so Special yeah, right that there. That one, that one right there. I haven't seen yet at the guitar centers, but uh, I'm I'm on the lookout for for this one and then the gold yeah. one, and so when I see those, I'll definitely go live. The green is uh, there, right? The green, they, re they released a few months ago. I've seen the green one. The uh, yeah yeah oh the the slime green yes the slime green fifty one fifty series. 
Yeah. Yeah. I saw one of those. Yeah. No, no, and... wait before. You, you talked about it on your show a few months ago because I went and saw Wolfgang here in New Jersey on March 30th, right before the COVID hit his band uh, mm. out here at the uh, Starland Ballroom. And he was phenomenal. Um, he had the new SA-126s, the hollow bodies, semi-hollow bodies. Mm -hmm. And I think you were saying it too. He's probably testing them out. They'll probably release them next year. I I would think maybe. Yeah. Here's here, here's a uh, a photo right here. Our friend Music Therapy Laz took. That's the, the inside of his. Uh, they call you call it a guitar boat, mm -hmm. so you can see his guitar is back there. Um, yeah, it's called the SA one two six, right? The one the one that he's. Yeah, that's Ed's birthday, right? Jan twenty six. Mm hmm. I love it. Oh, there's a, there's a good photo <laughs> right there. Yeah. I'm I'm very excited about about EV, EVH gear releasing um, a, a semi hollow uh, because myself I'm a huge fan of semi hollow guitars and I love EVH gear so it, it's the win win you know, that might actually be the perfect guitar for me right there I like the, <laughs> if I know to do it in, in a burst like a tobacco burst to do it in that color and one other color but I like the white relic because it's like Ed's mm hmm I like that one. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's, it's it's awesome stuff. Yeah, yeah. So a year, probably probably next, uh, maybe next Nam, or the Nam after that. We we might. I'm thinking we might see one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, you think but... Wolf ever show up in an EVH at, at Nam at some point, or is he too too much for him? Like with the public. Uh he years ago he did. Yeah. Years ago, I I th was it my first. It was either my first or second Nam twenty thirteen or fourteen. I remember he tweeted out, headed to Nam, and then I I didn't see him. I didn't see him, but that Saturday, I guess he was there just walking around. And, right. So I did see see pictures. Um, it would be so cool if he went. Mm hmm. You know, he's got that love-hate relationship with the fans, you know, and I'm kind of on both sides with it. Like, me and Kurt talk about it a lot. It's kind of like you want him to embrace it. He was in the band, right? And and I get it because it's, it's so new. We were talking about it earlier, too, Johnny. It's so new and so mm -hmm. off of him. But I do think at some point, hopefully he'll fall into that, like, Jason Bonham kind of camp where he'll celebrate it. And at some point down the line, maybe it's five years, but he'll start dropping some songs in start celebrating it i just think it's too soon but you mm -hmm. can't get on the fans for wanting it you know or asking about it you know but you know it's just me no dude i mean you you know this van halen fans are crazy yes they're they're literal literal 5150s i mean they just they love this band yes. they, they love it they love you know there's the ones that are they just oh we just you know classic van halen they it's what did they say Dave or the grave or whatever, <laughs> you know, there's that camp. There's, there's the, uh, the, the, I, it seems like actually to me, it seems like there's more, there's more of a, of a section of fans that are like strictly Roth era. They're like Roth era Van Halen and then Roth era solo, you right. know, that, that they're against the Sammy stuff, but you never really, I've never really heard of people that are just total Van Hagar fans that just totally diss the early stuff. You never really hear that. No, nah, I never understood you know? either. You know, when I grew up, you know, so 
pretty quick backstory that you you know oh yeah about it but you mm -hmm. know when I, I got into van halen when i was 10 when i started playing guitar in fifth grade and that was right when 1984 came out so oh. i started yeah. playing guitar that album was the biggest thing on the planet all over mtv eddie was the yep. king and uh two years later my cousin joe took me to my first ever concert which was live without a net so my first ever show was at the brenton burn arena east rutherford new jersey saw you know van halen for my first show ever with sammy hagar and i was a david lee roth guy because that's what i started listening to and now at that point am i gonna lie i was a little disappointed because i love dave because that's all i really knew but what, what did what what did you think like like you just said like you were you were you first got into him because of 84 was that yeah it? So, so 84, and then so your first concert, you go, and it's a different singer. 1986. It's, it's, it's different material. And the show blew me away. The show, I mean, because, you know, obviously we've all seen Live Without a Net. I was, you know, oh, I, yeah. my first concert at 12 years old, and it was amazing. It, the, the energy of the band, the, the way they, I mean, Sammy sang his ass off. There's no way you could, if you like music and have ears, there's no way you couldn't have loved that show. Did you have that album, 5150, before you went? You know what? My cousin had the CD. It had just kind of broke. I'm trying to remember the timeline. <laughs> had you heard it? Had yeah. Had you heard the, the album yet before you saw it? Yeah, because I knew um, Why Can't This Be Love was all over the radio. And I remember hearing that as the single. Oh, yeah. I'm a little disappointed because I'm like, where's the, you know, where's the Hoffa teacher? Where's all that? Because I really didn't hear Get Up yet or the other stuff. That mm -hmm. was a song on the radio playing all over the place. And there was a little guitar part with the double stops. I'm like, oh, they're going poppy now. It's the synth stuff. But <laughs> I had the CD. And I'm trying to remember, you know, when that show was. I think it was like the last week of July of 86. And I don't remember when that album dropped. You probably know. Um, uh, John Biel knows, but he's not here. Yeah. But I, did, I was really <laughs> on the radio and I was excited to go just to see it. But Sammy won me over at the show, obviously. And then the rest of that, 86, that summer, the album was all over the radio and I got into it. And I was not like a, I love Dave, I'm not a Sammy guy. I love them both. It's like, I love Bon Johnson, I love, you know, Bon Scott. I love the band. So I was, I never mm -hmm. understood how guys are like, only Dave or only Sammy. Like, it's, it's I, I never, I never saw any of that until the internet. Yeah. Until nineteen, uh, when let's see, when did I go on the nineteen? The end of ninety eight uh, is when uh, I got AOL and a computer, and was able to look up a lot of this stuff. And there was this thing called the Van Halen mailing list. I don't know if you were a part of that. It was I, I, I kept getting bounced out of there because it's like there was like the top people that were like in there. I think our friend Mully, who actually I was on. We did a, a show Sunday night. Um, he was like one of the main dudes in there, I guess. And there was a few others. But when when I joined this thing, Van Hill and Mailing List in 1998, they kept kicking me out because I kept getting getting into arguments with with let's just with with douchebags. Let's just right. Say. I mean, um, I understand it when maybe in '98 when Gary was in the band and Van Halen Three was coming out and people like, oh, why not Sammy back? I guess he may be being disappointed with that, although I think Gary did a great job. He's an awesome singer, but oh yeah, I, I can't see him being upset with the Sammy era when he came in because those albums were, were, were monstrous. They were great. Yeah, yeah. So Rick Green, channel member, says 5150 was released March of 86. Okay. 
There yeah, you go. my show was the last week of July. It was like a Wednesday. I think it was the last, actually the last show. I looked this up because I knew it was going to be on the show with you. I think it was the Wednesday, July 30th of 86. So yeah, I mean, that single was popping on the radio for a couple months. My cousin had bought the CD. I was listening to it. But I, I was still like wishing I was going to see Dave when I was going to the show. But when I went to the show, mm -hmm. I got blown away. And it was one of the, you know, granted it was my first concert. But to this day, it probably ranks as top three but probably the top content i've ever seen wow i i dude um i i yeah that that's that's amazing i let's see really quickly i i bought i got into van Halen. i knew of of uh, back in 1984 i knew of jump i knew of panama i thought hopper teacher i thought the video was funny so i knew the stuff you know i wasn't like a I wasn't a fan. I thought the videos were funny. And then Roth released the his his fun. Crazy from the Heat videos and stuff. And I thought that stuff was funny. You know, I thought it was all just, you know, fun stuff. Uh, but I got into Van Halen because of the movie Back to the Future. Because of the scene where, where the cassette tape, Edward yeah. Van Halen, then that awesome riff, you know, that you hear. I got into Van Halen because of that. And then, so naturally... That's eighty five, and then eighty six. All of a sudden, there's right. a new record. Oh, I, I chose Fifty One Fifty over Eat 'Em and Smile, which still to this day I'll take Fifty One Fifty any day over Eat 'Em and Smile myself. I met with friends in the guitar community coming up playing guitar. Everyone was like, "Eat 'Em and Smile is a monster album." You know, mm -hmm. hand down Steve I's, you know, one of my second favorite guitar players probably. But people were like the Steve I camp and the Eddie camp. You know, Fifty One Fifty came out. Right. Eat Him and Smile came out, you know, nothing to sneeze at. That album, track to track, is killer. That's before we lost Dave. It was like the last remnants of real Dave, if you know what I mean, from Van Halen. Mm -hmm. um, but that album is, you know, Billy Sheen and Steve I, those songs, those solos, you know, Ladies Night in Buffalo, Big Trouble, you know, Yankee Rose. But that album is just monster. And I used to get into arguments with guys. I'm like, why can't you love Ed and love Steve? But everyone was picking sides. I'm like, oh, my God. And then the movie Crossroads came out, and everyone's like, oh, Steve Vai's the best. I'm like, Eddie's the best. <laughs> ah, first. Eddie, Eddie is the best. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's always about Eddie. Uh, my but... thing, Steve, is, he's technically a great player, but he doesn't write the music. He, I always said that. I'm like, Eddie wrote and composed great music, great songs. Mm -hmm. Guys like Steve and Satriani, I love them. They can't write music. <laughs> they write Well, it's different. Yeah. It's, it's it's different different type different different type of stuff. Yeah, they're right. Um, they write technically, but progressive. Yeah, yeah, but but uh. So anyway, so I got fifty one fifty in eighty six. Uh, I I I didn't see them eighty six tour. I don't know. I didn't even think of them even be on tour. I didn't even you know I was too young to even think. Oh, they're probably out there promoting this. Right. Uh, and then, but I remember the Monsters of Rock tour happening, but it was like a couple states away. So I'm like, oh, I can't go to that. So when they came to my town at the time, which was Lincoln, Nebraska, this was the 0812 tour, the winter version of 0812. This was after Monsters of Rock, where it was just them and a band called Private Life. Wow. So, so I first saw Van Halen uh, November 5th, 1988. And then after that, it was just Van Halen. Over. Yeah, non-stop i i saw them every tour after that several times except van halen 3 19, 1998 i didn't see because i was on tour myself that year so i couldn't make it to any any shows but every everything since then i at least saw two shows or sometimes three shows every tour wow 
That's awesome. I fell off in the 90s, I'll admit. Uh, college, partying. I, I, I briefly got into the grunge movement. <laughs> I got pulled away from it. I'm sorry. I briefly got into the grunge movement and I, I missed 95. <laughs> balance. I missed that tour and I was pissed. It's like the same thing with Rush. I fell off Rush and I was a huge Rush fan. I saw every tour from like Grace Under Pressure up to Presto. The mm-hmm. 90s blur for me. College, a lot of drugs. <laughs> Just <laughs> Found my way back in the 2000s. And yeah, I saw four Van Allen shows. I got back on the wagon in 08, 12, at the, 08, 12 at the Garden, and then the last tour in Homedale, 2015. And thank God, because I almost missed that show. I saw them in PNC. It was a great show. I had 20th row on Wolfie's side. You know, it was challenging for Dave. We all know that. He had, he had, a, he had a decent night, but Ed was on fire. So uh, I'm glad oh. I missed dance. Dude, I, I was telling you. You guys don't know this, but we actually talked for like half an hour earlier. Um, uh, uh, yeah, what I was telling you earlier was was uh, the the second to last show I saw was was at uh, uh, Concord, California, twenty fifteen, and I was ten rows back on Eddie's side. Like the lady, like me and some friends, we were hanging out. Actually, we were live on this this uh, app that was called Periscope, which actually isn't around anymore. But we were hanging out live, and then all of a sudden, the the, the band, you know, Van Halen, they start. Like we we didn't watch the opening, but when when Van Halen when the lights, well, actually this was an outdoor place, so there were no real lights thing. But once we heard Van Halen starting, we all go to our seats, and the lady. I'm like, where's this? She keeps taking me like closer and closer and closer to the stage. I'm like, what? That's I couldn't it. believe it. Ten rows back on Eddie's side, and I spent the entire show just saying, "Wow!" Just you know, literally being this far from him because I had met him uh, the year before, you know, but I had never been that close to him and actually seen him play, you know. And it was just—it was unbelievable. You know what was great about that, that tour, Johnny? And and you probably saw this because she was ten rows deep. He was having so much fun. I mean, I don't know health-wise mm-hmm. how he was feeling in 15. I thought he looked great. And we were talking about this earlier. He looked great. He was going natural with the salt pepper beard. and He looked awesome. He looked in shape. His playing, to me, was top of his game. And he just mm-hmm. looked like he was having fun. He was goofing around with Dave and Wolfie at my show. And he was just the whole, I mean, you know, he's always smiling. But the whole show, he just looked like he was having a ball. And what a way to go out, because that was the last show I saw, August 9th, 2015. And the set list was monstrous. I mean, so many great deep cuts, you know, Dirty Movie, Mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, Romeo's Delight. There was so many great deep deep cuts. Everybody wants them. Like, they did everything. If I had to pick a a deep track from every album, they did it. And regardless if Dave hit the notes or not. It was just seeing Ed like that for that last show and that point in time. I always remember it. I'm like, I'm glad I got to see that. And you got to oh, see it. It, it was all about Edward. All about Edward. I mean, yeah. it's Van Halen. Edward Van Halen. It was you a great. That's, 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 that's what it is. Um, uh, yeah, so I saw them in Concord, California, 2015. That was the end of the tour, right? Just about. It was almost. And then I saw them in Mountain View, California, like mm-hmm. shortly after that. And then that's so that's out here. So, I, I mean, I somebody in the chat can look look at the what the set, the schedule was. But, yeah, it would have been, I, I guess, towards the end, maybe. Towards the end of it. But I remember uh, 
And yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll dig this, man. I think it was it Mountain View. Yeah, Mountain View at Shoreline. Um, after the show ended, I was talking to my friend uh, Dave Nesdal, who, mm-hmm. as you guys know, has pa- he since passed away, um, and it's still it's still just a shock. But I remember him telling me, he's like, "You got to go up and talk to Tom Weber. He's Eddie's guitar tech." You know? Yeah. So because that was back when Dave and I talked on the phone all the time, and. Um, and so, so, you know, we'd call each other and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go say hi to Tom. So I, so at the very end of the show, I walk up to the front of the stage and I can see Tom putting Edward's guitars away. And I, and I'm like, Tom, Tom, like yelling for him, but he can't hear me. And eventually, you know, the, the security's like, get out of here. You know, <laughs> you got to split. Um, but what's cool. Um, I mean, it's so weird now, uh, is now Tom Weber? Now we're friends. Right. He actually just called me two days ago, and we were talking a little bit. That's so. Awesome. So it's it's such a, you know, it's just such a, a a small world now, you know. Yeah, it's funny. I look at photos and videos from that tour, and we were talking about this earlier. So he he came through Homedale, New Jersey, which is near me in Monmouth County, August ninth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he always pulled out like one kind of obscure guitar. He had the star guitar. I think he played it on Everybody Wants Some. Somebody in the chat could probably tell me if I'm wrong. But oh. a week after that, I think the 15th of August is when he got the mock-up of the Rasta. And he started playing that, I think, for the rest of the tour. So I missed that guitar about like six days. He got it in Camden, New Jersey. And I started showing home now. Uh, afterwards, I was like, damn, one week. <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> Those guitar nerds think about. That's what I think about. I mean, everything else with the show was great, but if I could have seen that guitar. Oh, oh yeah, that that would have been cool. And you know what? Kenny Wayne Shepherd opened when I saw him, and he was great. I mean, I, I sat for his show. I, like I said, I was there with my wife and another couple, and we had good seat. You know, twentieth row. But during Kenny Wayne, it was half full, so I went up to the stage to check out the rig and try to pick out Ed's equipment and stuff. And mm-hmm. Kenny was on fire. He was doing a great version of Voodoo Child from Hendrix. And I looked over at the drums, and I'm like, I know that guy. And it was uh, Chris Layton from Double Trouble from Steve Ray Vaughan. The band was killer. And it was a great double, like, not double bill, but it was a great opening supporting act for, for Van Halen. That's cool. Being a guitar player, anyway. My wife was, you know, bored. But <laughs> <laughs> until Van Halen came on, she's like, I want to get a beer or something. Yeah. Uh man. Uh but hey, let let's say hello. We actually have a bunch of people. We got fifty nine people here. That's awesome. You guys. We got Janice Lala. Kenny Wynn Shepherd is playing there tomorrow where Janice is. That's awesome. Janice, are you going? Right on. We got Bozik here, channel member. Kenny Wynn Shepherd opening for Van Halen in nineteen ninety eight was the reason I started liking the blues. Then Bonamassa made me a big fan later. Right on, man. Right on. We got Stephen Franklin. Stephen, again, thank you so much, man. Yeah, we got 59 people. This is great. This is great. I mean, it, technically, this is an off night for us. I have this many people here. This is awesome. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, Keith Campbell is here. Awesome show. Saw Kenny Wayne Shepherd twice, both with Ben Hill in 98 and 15. Janice doesn't know if... Uh, if what if she's going or not browns fan hello from cleveland (laughs) (laughs) cleveland oh did you see that um spinal tap there's gonna be a new spinal tap movie 
I did see that. Did you see that? <laughs> I, later on, I got a great Spinal Tap story. I saw I saw them at Carnegie Hall do a, like they, Carnegie Hall in New York City was doing this comedy week uh, in the early thousands. Oh. And uh-huh. buddy won tickets like you. We got these tickets in the mail really quickly. I know you got to go back to the chat and give you shout outs, but he won these tickets in the mail from the New York Post in the early 2000s. He's like, we're going to see Spinal Tap. We were psyched. We get to the venue. The ladies walking us down like you and walking us down and walking us down and walking us down. We're in the front row. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was cool. And it, and it was, were they there as Spinal Tap? They were there as the opening act. They came out as this folk group before like Break the Wind, I think, movie came out. They came out as this folk group and no one knew it was them, but we all knew it was them. It was great. Oh, wow. What year was this? Early 2000s. Someone could check it out. Oh, wow. I saw them on tour. They did a tour called uh, Unwigged, where they all played acoustically. It was all three of them. They played acoustically. And I saw them in Oakland, actually. I think it was the Fox Theater, where they played all the songs from, from Spinal Tap, from uh, A Mighty Wind, uh, from, uh, I don't know if Waiting for Guffman had music, but, and then what's the other one? There was another film, I think. Best in show. I don't, they, they did, they did all the songs, but they did them just acoustically. And then they had this huge screen behind them where they showed like, like exclusive, like unreleased Spinal Tap footage. Oh, I remember. And, and out of my head when they opened up as the folk band and no one knew it was them, but we knew it was them. One of those kind of deals. And people were booing, telling them to get off. (laughs) And me and my buddy. Now we smoked before we went in and we're crying. We are literally crying. And they go in to start me up by the stones, but acoustically, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. Doing, and we're laughing because we know it's them. And they got the crazy wigs on and they're playing acoustically. And then it gets to the point where it goes, you make a dead man come. You make a dead man. <laughs> and they did that about 15 <laughs> times. And I, we just lost it. I couldn't stop. <laughs> and then they came out of Spinal Tap and it was, it was, mon- it was epic. Oh, man. Front row. It's great. Ah, that's amazing. My buddy won the tickets New York Post. That's cool. I've, I've never won anything. Uh, let's see. Guitar Samurai won. Sorry for... Dude, thank you so much, man. Yeah, it's still it's still very... It's a shock. It's, it's very, very strange, but um, our best. Our best to Dave's, Dave's family and, and friends. Halface is here. Edwin Crane is here. Let's see. Warlag is here. We got a bunch of people here. Thank you so much, everybody, for for tuning in. And yeah, don't forget to smash that thumbs up. We're at 24 thumbs ups. And subscribe if this is your first time here to the show. If, if, If you like Van Halen. This is the place you want to be. This this is called Johnny Bean TV. There you go. Look at that. Look at that. You got you got the Funko Pop. Oh. <laughs> and the guy who got the demo to uh, Ted Templeman. <laughs> oh, Gene Simmons. Dude, yeah, yeah. When I uh, really quickly, one of my stories. Um, I told you in 1998, I didn't get to see Van Halen three on tour because I was on tour myself. You were on tour, right? I've got a crazy, like it was a it was a crazy time because I was living with with this guy named Desmond Child, uh-huh. who, who's a songwriter producer. He wrote a couple of hits. You might have heard of him. He wrote a couple of songs that you guys probably heard today, 
actually. They get played every day. He made Bon Jovi's career because he wrote Living on a Prayer. Yeah. And You Give Love a Bad Name is him as well. Mm-hmm. And Bad Medicine. Yeah. He just, um, they go, nah. And uh, I don't know. There's several. There's several. There's several. Uh, he did a bunch of stuff with Kiss, a bunch of stuff with Aerosmith, like all this stuff. Anyway, I was in a band working. I was living in the guy's house and 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 uh, writing and recording and, and, and all this stuff. But anyway, that was back when Van Halen 3 had come out. So right. I remember watching from, from Desmond's, the lounge in his studio, watching this thing on MTV called Live at the Ten Spot with Van Halen live from, yeah. was it Australia? I guess it was the whatever the first first show was. It might have been Australia. You might have been right. Something like that, yeah. So I remember watching that. Um and what then was De- take on it? Desmond's take on the album. Did he give you any kind of feedback? Uh not I don't think he had heard it. Okay. I, we didn't really talk about the, the record, uh, although he would tell me stories about working with Edward because he had actually written he had actually written stuff with he was writing with Edward uh i believe it was it was for the best of like right before the 96 right 96 yeah because it was because it was desmond's idea to get mitch malloy involved right so he had given him the call i remember he he, i think he had told me this he told me all these this this is way back in the day you know so i didn't have the show or there was nothing so he, he would tell me all these stories um but uh, anyway, long story, even longer. That's why I didn't see Van Halen three on tour because I was I was working with Desmond at right. the time. Here's the million dollar so. question, Johnny. Well, did you ever go, Desmond? Could you give me one of those songs that you wrote so I could become? <laughs> he was writing songs for us. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was playing. I was playing songs that you that you guys have never heard that were written right. by him. That's what I was doing. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was, cr- it was crazy. It was crazy, and I've I've seen him a few times since, over the years, and so we're we're still in touch, you know. And yeah. people ask, you know, oh, you should get him on the show, you know. You never know. Maybe maybe one of these days, you know, you'll see him on here. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. Van Halen three was was those years and. Uh, I wish I could have seen that tour because I, I I really I really liked the album, right? Um, and I really I really okay. wanted to hear I really wanted to hear more from that, like a second record. I really thought the I get supposedly there was a second record in the works, and there was a lot of left. I heard there was leftover tracks. I know everyone says you know Wolfie's going to go through the vaults, but there's not much stuff there. But I did hear there was some leftover stuff from Van Halen three. That they were working on for another album. I heard there was a whole record. Yeah, there, I, I mean, there literally was like a whole record, and I've I've known people or heard from people that actually did hear some of that stuff, and and they said, oh, it's 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 better. I mean, it's more. It's it's like it's more like uh, heavier, heavier stuff, or or maybe more like fair warning ish type of stuff and i mean the video clips i watched from that tour because like yourself i didn't go to that tour because i'm a fool um (laughs) ed's playing was you know they did mean street on that tour and like he's Mm -hmm. ripping like like old ed ripping he's gnarly and aggressive and just nasty on top of his game 98 
you know, his playing was was there, bro. I mm-hmm. wish I could saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jim Murray Hawkins, thank you so much, man. So, Johnny, we can get into uh, the Phil X. I don't know if uh, Lewis is still in the chat. And then we could talk about Madman Mike uh, when I met him down in Hawaii on my honeymoon. <laughs> hey, let's 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 show that, actually. We've got some some pictures. Uh, let's see. Let's see. We're going to have to move to this, this brand here. Here. Actually, I want to hear about this. You, you can't see the chat, though, huh? No, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. <laughs> this new StreamYard, it's funny. I, I have an iPhone 11, and when I open up our, our you know podcast, I could open a chat, but it goes on top of the podcast, so I can only see the chat. So I only get one or the other. It doesn't split my screen for some reason. Oh, right, right. Um, I, I, I got to get – I talk a lot. I, I got to get something else to drink really quickly. Sure. Do you want to tell them a quick story? Quick yeah. story about uh, uh, Big Lewis is still in the chat because he he sidebarred me with a text. Okay. Lewis, my man. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and tell the story. Uh, you know, Lewis of Fairfield Guitar, who has become a friend of mine through this great community over the past year uh, through during the pandemic. Uh, you know, you, you might have seen some of his products online. He's making those really cool retro Eddie Van Halen straps, all period correct, the bomber strap from 78, the bumblebee strap from 79, and so on. He's got a 5150 strap that's dropping this week. Lewis, I want one. Thank you. And uh, so he made a bunch of straps in in the guitar community. uh, A lot of folks are reaching out and buying them from him, which is awesome. And Phil X has been one supporter early on. So Phil ordered a bunch of straps from Lewis. Uh, I think he's giving some away in these guitar giveaways on his website where you could submit a solo to a Phil X song and you can win a strap, which is kind of cool. And Lewis met up with him uh, about two weeks ago in Connecticut when, you know, Phil is touring. He plays with Bon Jovi for anyone who doesn't know, but he also has his own band called Drills. Uh, I think that band is touring with Ingvay and a few other acts and they were going to Connecticut. Lewis lives up in Fairfield, Connecticut, hence Fairfield Guitar Co. And uh, he met up with Phil. They met for coffee. Lewis gave him the straps and, you know, they were hanging out. And the morning of, I told Lewis, I'm like, hey, you're going to meet Phil. That's awesome. I'd have a million questions for that guy because he's a big Ed head. He's a huge Van Halen fan. You can see him in his playing. He plays the Explorer guitar. He's got the SG, uh, Franken, Franken Stratix SG guitar. So when Lewis met, uh, I was just telling him, Johnny, when Lewis met up with Phil X in Connecticut, because Phil mm-hmm. is going through with his band. You know, he plays for Bon Jovi, but he has his own band of drills and he was touring with Bay Mountain right now and a few other acts. And he met oh, up. Wow. He bought a bunch of straps. I think he's giving them out to some of his fans and he's like guitar giveaways and stuff. So, which is really cool of him to do. The Fairfield and, straps? Yeah. You know, like, like uh, I've got some photos here. They're awesome. The well, there's strap. There the, they are showing there's the card from the show uh, last, I think yeah. it was last Friday. I have I have three of them and the fifty one fifty straps drop and I think this week Lewis said I'm gonna get one of those but the seventy eight bombers oh man monstrous like you know you can't find that World War Two bomber clips you can't buy that in the store no yeah, yeah those are great those are great Lewis kudos congratulations on all the continued success definitely. 
bought that strap. He plays it on his white Explorer like Ed's, you know, before it became the shark and he's got the bomber strap on it. And uh, he bought some of the dog chain straps. I think he's going to give them away to his fans. And Lewis met up with him last week to make a long story longer. And they met for coffee and stuff. <laughs> In Connecticut before Phil showed that night. And that morning I told Lewis, we, we were talking on text. I'm like, wow, you meet Phil X today. That's awesome. He's such a, he seems like such a cool guy. A huge Van Halen fan. I would ask him a million questions. So sure enough, Lewis meets him at the Starbucks before his show at the hotel and they're talking. And Lewis tells him, hey, my buddy Mike is a big fan. And he said he'd ask you a million questions. And then Phil's like, call him up. He gets one question. <laughs> So I'm working. It's like a Tuesday afternoon at like 11 o'clock and, you know, 12 o'clock in the afternoon and my phone rings. I see it's Lewis's number. And I'm like, I know he's with Phil. I'm like, no way. And, <laughs> and I'm working. I'm like, I got to pick up this call just in case. And I picked it up and Lewis is on FaceTime. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you doing? How to go with Phil? And he goes, why don't you ask him? He turns the phone around and it's Phil, Phil X. <laughs> And such a cool guy, such a nice guy. And uh, I was kind of like starstruck for a half a second. And I'm like, dude. And he's like, dude. <laughs> he's like, what's your one question? And he starts laughing. And uh, I'm like, really nice to meet you, man. Uh, you know, thanks for support, Lewis. That's great. And then I said to him, I'm like, hey, you know, Lewis and I saw a post on your Instagram from, you know, a while ago where you were in the studio and Ed Van Halen's in there. And he's holding a the Frankenstrat with a black right. woodstep, uh, headstock, wolf, wolfy neck on it. I'm like, how'd that happen? What was the conversation? Did you guys jam, et cetera, et cetera? So he's like, yeah. He's like, I, we were in the studio. I was laying down some tracks and uh, a mutual friend, like an engineer was with Ed and Ed had came by and he wanted to hear one of the amps I was using. And uh, what, what Phil used to use were these old Tone Master amps from the late 50s, early 60s. You know, mm -hmm. these amps, they're, they're monsters. But mm -hmm. he modded them, and he, he made his own version of that Tone Master amp called, uh, probably the guts of the Tone Master with the tubes and stuff, but he called it the Evil Robot Tone Master. So Ed had heard about it and wanted to see it. And he was going to the studio, and Phil was there. So it was just one of those coincidences when all the stars aligned, Phil that Ed showed up, they were in California or wherever he was recording. And Ed went to the studio to meet him and he said, show me your rig, I wanna see that amp, I wanna hear it. And, you know, Phil just told me the story that Ed looked at it and, he, and once Phil told him it was modded after an old Tone Master amp, Ed was just like, wow, I got a hundred of those amps in my studio at 5150 and he chuckled. And then he continued to look at all his effects and his <laughs> Yeah, he looked at Phil's stomp boxes and his pedals and he noticed like an overdrive pedal and he said to Phil, he goes, you use the overdrive with that? And Phil goes, yeah. And Ed just like laughed and goes, I don't need no overdrive. I don't use an overdrive. So, you know, the way Phil told the story was a lot funnier than me. Like Phil just laughed. And uh, and then Ed had the Frankenstrat guitar with him and it had the black wolfy neck on him. And he asked him about it. He's like, what's with the neck on that guitar? And Ed goes, you know, I like to tinker. This guitar's had a hundred necks. He's like, this is the neck of the moment. I like this neck. And so that black, you've probably seen the picture of it in a few photos, is a black Wolfgang neck on, on the Frankenstrat. And he had it with him that day in the studio. And, and Phil's in, you know, you can scroll through Phil X's Instagram and find a post. I think it was I'm doing that right now, actually. It might, I'm, I'm... Lewis might even know when it was because he pulled it up too. And uh, it's a great photo. And we asked him about it. And he said Ed was super nice. 
you know, so complimentary, so humble, just, just like all the stories you hear about Ed when, you know, he, he was, you know, out of the dark period in the early 2000s. He just said he was just a super dude. And, and then we, I asked him about his SG that Johnny B made him in Canada. He's got like a Frankenstrat version of an SG Gibson guitar, red, white, and black. This guy, uh, this guitar maker in Canada made for him. Yeah. Pretty cool. And I'm, I'm I, Facebook. I'm Facebook friends with him. And I've, I've yeah. seen... I've seen that guitar. Actually, I'm scrolling through Phil's Instagram right now. Okay, there's 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 the um here. There's the SG that you're talking about. Yeah, that's the one. And he told me a yeah. funny story about that guitar because uh, you know he he tours with Bon Jovi and Bon Jovi's a little shy about him bringing it on stage because it's Van Halen, but <laughs> it's it's a great guitar. And, and, you know, the way that uh, Phil pays homage or respect to Ed as he plays that white explorer with the bomber strap that Lewis made him. So how cool is that, that you go to a Bon Jovi show, you see Phil X with a white explorer, you know, pre-shark with, with a 78 bomber strap. It doesn't get cooler than that. So uh, Phil was just a great guy. But I got to give me 15 to 20 minutes on the phone and talk about. He's got he's got an SG series coming out with Epiphone. He told me about. He was talking about that guitar, talking about when he met at the studio and how nice he was. And he, you know, obviously he. Oh, and he also told me this. I, we were talking about when we first got into Van Halen. Phil X goes, "My first show, I was ten years old, was Fair Warning Tour, kind of like uh, Keith Keith Campbell, if he's still in the chat." <laughs> so Phil X's first show, he was ten, was Fair Warning in '81. So that was really wow. cool. He's been on board since the beginning, like most of us. And I told them my first show, I was 12, was, was 86, 5150 tour. And, you know, we got into it. We talked about, he plays in Bon Jovi with John Shanks, who's another great guitar player, producer, collector, got a massive uh, guitar. Let me tell you a quick story about John Shanks. Do it. Um, <laughs> this was, wow, there hasn't been a NAM show for a couple of years. Although, I'll be at the NAM show in literally two weeks. I'll be down there and we'll be going live. We'll do, be doing a lot of cool stuff. Okay. Lewis, you just sent me that picture. Where'd you send that? Uh, anyway, this was, I think this was the last name that I was at. So we're going on three years or, or something. Anyway, I'm walking. I'm, I'm walking, it's literally walking in the dark down a sidewalk, trying to get to like, uh, like a, a restaurant or something. And this guy comes walking towards me and it's dark. He gets right in front of me and it's John Shanks. So, so as he gets right in front of me, I'm like, Hey John. And he's like, he's like, Ugh. like I like scared him. <laughs> right. Um, so that's my, my John Shank story. <laughs> he, he's got an amazing collection, kind of like a Joe Bonamassa, not as many because Bonamassa is like a, a hoarder. He's got, 400, <laughs> he's got 400 vintage guitars, which is awesome. He's got like every flying V from 58 and 59 and every 59 burst. His guitar collection is probably 50 million bucks. No joke. But John wow. got an amazing collection. And Phil was nice enough to like talk about it with me. He's like, yeah, I played some of John's 59 bursts. He's got a 52 Esquire telly. He's like, he's got a couple of flying V's from 59. And he's like, yeah, he's a serious collector. He's got serious shit. Yeah, that's cool. He's a great guy, Phil, man. He's a monster player, too. And he waves the Ed flag, bro. He waves it. Mm-hmm. Gotta love it. Mm -hmm. Guy from uh, Toronto, I think. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, I saw Felix. Um, I've never met him, but I, I did see him on stage at Gibson 
last NAM show. I saw him performing. Yeah. So that was cool. Signature series, an Epiphone SG that's coming out. Oh. Pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, he told us about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which was nice. <laughs> that's awesome. So here, I, I switched over to this other. This, these are called brands, right? Here. See, our name is in a different color. Yeah. Um, we're missing all the text here because I don't have it uploaded to this particular scene here. But we're going to show you guys some some photos here. Some of these photos I'm going to show you guys. I've, I show every now and again, but since uh, since Mikey Mojo here sent me a cool picture, uh, which I'll show right here. Look at that. Yeah, it's Mikey. That, that was 2001 in Kauai, Hawaii. We're at the uh, the, Hil uh, the Hilton. And uh, mm -hmm. he was there with his brother. I was on my honeymoon with my wife. And I walk into the lobby after we checked in. And there's Mikey <laughs> coming into the hotel. I'm like, am I dreaming? I'm like, like you know, like rubbing my <laughs> I'm like, Mikey. And he just looked up. And he was super nice. Came right over, very approachable, like any story you ever heard about him. Just a super cool dude. Spoke to me about 10 or 15 minutes. He's like, hey, I go, I'm a fan, huge fan, bro. And he goes, uh, where are you from? I'm like, uh, Brooklyn, New York. So if we, that's where I lived at the time when I got married. Uh, I go, I saw you guys. You were my first concert, you know, in 86 when I was 12. I'm a huge Van Halen fan. I appreciate you and the music, man. You know, I was pretty much like, I don't want to bother you. I know you probably are on vacation. I'm on my honeymoon. And he's like, you're on your honeymoon. And he started asking me a lot of questions. And my wife was like in the background. I brought her over and, and, and she took the picture. And then uh, I, I saw another fellow come by. I guess it was one of his brothers. And I think they were going surfing. But super nice in a hotel. And that was my first week in Hawaii because we went to Kauai first on our honeymoon. Then we went to Maui. And mm -hmm. I said to my wife, I'm like, can we just stay in Kauai? <laughs> can we just hang out with Mike for two weeks? <laughs> can we just hang out with him? I know we just got married, but don't divorce me. I don't want to go to Maui. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that was the first. Yeah, I don't remember if it was the first or second day we were there. I think it was the first day because we were checking in. And uh, I saw him around the hotel a couple of times. I saw him in the pool. But, you know, I, I, respect, I didn't want to call him. <laughs> I got my picture that first day and I spoke to him. <laughs> I told him I was a fan, and uh, and I saw every time I saw him, he waved, and you know he's like the new wow. the newlyweds. So that was cool. Oh. You know? That was my little five minutes of of Van Halen fame, kind of. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, he's an awesome dude. He's an awesome dude. He did the intro for for this show. Yeah. Recently, which we show you guys, which is awesome. Um, I've got a couple pictures with him. I'll show, I'll show you. Um, let's see. This was uh, this was a Nam show. Uh, what year was that? Three years ago, or something. There's been so many years. Like I, I've I've met I've met him so many times. That's I, awesome. Like, like there's another time. This is actually that's a still from a video. Um, there's there's that. Uh, I've met him. A bunch of times. He's always been great. Always been great. Usually he'll remember me. Yeah, every um, story you ever hear of anyone who's come in contact with Mikey, it's always a great story. Like, I've never heard one, not even inkling of not a great story. Of how, no. you know, cool, cool, good, good dude. He's always, always been great. And you, you had said that how you, he was in Hawaii with his brother. One of his brothers actually called me on my birthday one time. <laughs> That's cool. I, I, like, I, like videoed, like, yeah. like, like, like 
like FaceTimed me. Like I pick it up. It's like late at night. I'm like, hello. It's like, hi, Johnny. This is, well, I'm not going to say his name, but this, right. you know, and I, but I knew it was his brother. I knew who he was. I, he's like, I just want to wish you happy birthday. And I'm like, dude, you know, cause he didn't have to do that. Nah, that's, that's awesome. You know? That's so cool. But, but uh, yeah. Yeah, that that was very cool. And then, really quickly, I'll show you guys a couple other pictures here that that I have. This is uh with with Sammy. Awesome, Sammy Hagar. This was actually at Costco in N- Nevada, <laughs> California. I know it sounds weird, but he was actually doing a uh, he was doing a, a CD signing at okay. Costco, and they and they were selling his um I guess his rum, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say that because I had another buddy so, who met selling his hot sauce in like a Costco too. <laughs> yeah so so there's there's sammy right That's there and here. actually Johnny. actually the guy behind sammy there yeah that's that that's one of his you know one of his right hand uh, you know one of his guys that dude is actually brothers w- with the uh, with a friend my a friend of mine is in a band and that's actually his drummer's brother wow so I've actually met this guy a bunch of times too just r- other places and he just Perfect. happens to work with sammy well, that's great. Uh, yeah, like I was telling earlier, man, it's such a small world, dude. Um, it's the Van Halen six degrees of separation. It's it's crazy, it's crazy. Um, but here here's the like as far as like Van Halen photos, as far as me, that this this is like the photo. That's right your there. holy grail right there. And it's blurry, you know, and it, it's it's terrible. But the cool thing, a cool story about that picture is uh um actually no actually janie took this one janie 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 took okay what happened was we we took some selfies at first here's like a selfie right like i'm holding the camera you know and then and then um i hand my phone to janie i'm like can you take please take a picture with us she takes this she hands it back to me i show him this picture on my phone right and and he's like oh we look we look washed out you know, so so at least I have a, a cool like like caption from him himself right. saying, oh, that photo is kind of strange. But, you know, that's, you know, that, that's, that was great that she did that. Cool. Because, you know, whenever you're doing a selfie, there's always someone nice enough around to say, hey, do you want a real picture? And it was nice that she offered to take the picture. So you have both. You got like the best of both, you know? Yeah. Which is great. That's awesome. Yeah. Like the Holy Grail right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was that that really kind of changed, kind of changed for me in, in a way because you know you, you grow up all these you know you you grow up oh you know rock star you know like untouchable whatever, and then when you meet them, he's just a regular dude. Right. He's just a regular. He's exactly the same. There's no difference of what, what you saw on MTV or interviews or whatever. Yeah, just that, regular that, dude. That he's that famous Kurt Loder clip from MTV. I'm just a punk ass kid. You know, he called me a guitar hero. But, you yeah, know, he was always, I he that. always yep. very grounded. Probably his upbringing, the way you know, obviously the story the Dutch coming over here, they had nothing. His mm-hmm. upbringing was their mentality was such hard workers, and they came from nothing. So I think the cool thing about it for me is he's my hero, like everyone watching this chat, whoever's here in this podcast, is that he was so grounded, right? He never really changed besides that one dark period in the, you know, the early 2000s. He was at, and he was grounded. He was never the guitar hero. He never waved that flag like, um, you know, 
which is what drew me even more to him, that his modest aspect about his awesomeness, for lack of a better word, he just, it didn't change him. Mm -hmm. Him and his brother, their work ethic all the way through was just, you know, humble, just humble guys. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's great you have that moment in that picture. Just regular, regular dudes. And actually, so, somebody, somebody sent me this picture here. Somebody sent me this picture because apparently there I am standing in the background. Oh, yeah. I somebody else was taking a photo with them, and I was in the back looking at my phone, and I look up, and apparently I got caught in this picture. <laughs> you photobombed Ed. I love it. I photobombed Eddie Van Halen. How many How many people can say that? <laughs> That's awesome. But that, that was at a friend of mine's party. That was a private party that a friend of mine invited me to in Hollywood. That's awesome. So that was back in the- Great about uh, living on the West Coast. You know, being on the East Coast- uh, and, and you said it earlier, you know, you had, you know, however many people tuned in tonight, which is great. You're going up against the Rangers in the playoffs. So it's a big deal on the East coast. <laughs> <laughs> the, the who? Uh, no. But, you know, living on the West coast, you always have that chance or opportunity where someone phones you up and like, Hey, come to this party in Malibu because so-and-so is going to be there. That doesn't really happen on the East coast. Like maybe in Manhattan, New York city, maybe, but I feel like on the West coast, there's so many chances for what happened to you to happen. You know, mm -hmm. it's who you know and stuff, but I think on the West Coast that happens a lot more often than here on the East Coast because most of the stars and, and musicians live out on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. That's where all the cool stuff happens. And the weather's nicer. You know, winters in on the East Coast suck. <laughs> I've, been, I've been to New York City, though. I was there in 1994, and I had a great time. Rangers won the cup. Was at that parade. Oh, wow. 94 was a good year. That was the height of grunge. Rangers won the Stanley Cup first time in 50 years or something. I was yeah. in college running running wild. <laughs> so wait a minute. So I know this is a Van Halen show, but yeah. you said there was a time period where you really got into grunge. Like what yeah. what were the bands that you that you liked? That's a great question. Like yourself, when I was in college, uh I was in a band. I played in a band all through my, you know, I started playing guitar obviously when i was 10 but i was in a bunch of bands but when i got to college i got in a serious band and you ready for this we were called screaming broccoli and we were an alternative band <laughs> and in the 90s uh, we had a whole alternative set pearl jam was one of my favorites but we did the whole seattle scene you know we did pearl jam nirvana uh mm -hmm. stone Temple pilots allison chain Soundgarden. that was like our thing from 91 92 i got i was a freshman in college in 91 so um, 91 to 2000, I was playing with that band, doing the whole Jersey Shore circuit, like yourself, trying to get noticed, trying to get famous. We were writing our own songs, but we were doing the alternative party rock thing. But it was heavily grunge. I mean, we stuck a couple of Van Halen songs in. You really got me. Um, everybody wants mm -hmm. someone. Uh, ain't talking about love, right? Because people knew those and they were, they were yeah. upbeat. But it was a heavily grunge set. Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots were a large chunk of the set list. Um, and that, you know, I just, at that moment in time, that's when my guitar playing and my band took me. But I always had the VH going, you know. It was always, my leads and my solos underneath it all was always Ed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was just a that sprinkled on top. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What what uh, what guitars were you using then? Uh, mainly Les Pauls. Um, it, for, a, for a moment in time, it was we were a one-guitar band. We were a four-piece. So for me... Um, uh, like Ed, I needed that heaviness of doing both parts. I wanted a really full, fat sound. So I used, I had a 92 or 93 Les Paul Classic. They just started coming out with that classic model. 
which mm-hmm. for me I like because they made that slim tapered neck around the 1960 model, like an SG. So I'm a fast player like that. I like a skinny neck so I could, I could blow through solos. Yeah. You know, the older 58s and 57 last balls had that fat baseball fat neck. So mm-hmm. when Classics came out, I bought a gold top, I bought a cherry sunburst, and those were my main gigging guitars all through the 90s. It sucked because I didn't have the whammy bar for Ed stuff, but for, for being a one guitar player band, I needed that heaviness of the Les Paul. It was just a versatile guitar, you know? And uh, right. so that, that whole period, I kind of got away from that 80s rock and stuff because that's just what, that was like the flavor of the month, right, of the decade. So people, you go to a bar, like, play Green Day, play this, play that, and that's what we were doing, you know? Man. What year was that? You know, 92 to 2000. That's when I was gigging that, that the, the Jersey Shore circuit. 92 to 2000. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like, because... Like nerds. I mean, you know Caleb from Nerd Halen. It's funny because mm-hmm. I always talk with him. I'm like, dude, you got to come to the East Coast because there's a band out on the East Coast called The Nerds. I go, it's not a Nerd Halen show. They just dress like nerds like you guys, but they're party rock. They do 70s, 80s, 90s alternative, but they've yeah. been around forever and they're the biggest thing on the jersey shore if anyone's in the chat like keith campbell they probably know the nerds they started in the 80s these guys are probably pushing 50 but they put those costumes on no one knows how old they are and they're the biggest concert draw down the jersey shore so i always tell caleb i'm like dude come out to the east coast do a show with the nerds and you could be nerd halen or whatever i go they will love you out here we need a good van halen cover band out here so he said he's working on it they're working their way they just did vegas I think he's doing something in like in the middle of the country coming up in August, some some big festival. And, you know, I was trying to put him in contact with Stars Agency, who books all the party bands down to Jersey Shore. So I think he's going to get to the Jersey Shore. And before I get to the West Coast, I'll finally get to see Nerd Halen's show. <laughs> awesome. I'm looking forward to that, man. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of did something similar well you said so for the early 2000s early you said you were doing that um early 90s the height of the grunge early 90s up to 2000 2002 that that decade is when i was okay okay yeah um yeah because when i started playing the guitar in 87 right Live without a net is what, that's how I learned how to play. was basically just watching that VHS tape every day. Over and over and over. That's, over. that's how I learned. Right. That's how I learned how to play. So that was like 87, 89, 90, right. 92. I mean, I was in the Van Halen, I mean, all those years. And then I think it was nine, was it 97? 1997, everything kind of, kind of changed for me. Because I, I kind of got into uh, other other music. I bought you know other albums and stuff, right? Um, and uh, I I took a chance and I bought this 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 Andy Summers cassette, you know the guitarist from the Police. Love I buy I buy this cassette and it was it's like jazz. It's like jazz, you know, like adult contemporary jazz type type stuff, instrumental stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, this stuff's, this stuff's great. You know, I like this, but I really, really got into the police by that point and really oh. dug back and bought, you know, all their, well, basically everything. And I ended up going to shows and meeting him and actually talking to him and, and all this stuff. And he became like another, like huge, like influence on me, totally changed, you know, totally got me away from the, from the, this and all this and, 
Right, right. And just into different stuff. And then, so it was a mixture of the Van Halen, you know, stuff and, and the Andy Summers stuff. It was right after that when I got the call from from Desmond Child and was working with him and started doing, like, developing my own type of, type of thing. Right. And then, so to this day, I mean, I do a lot of different stuff, but actually, you guys will see me when I, when I play on Sunday nights. I actually play. I just sit here and play guitar and stuff. Um, do a lot of different different things but well that's great because you know i'm a huge andy summers and police fan it's funny how like as a guitar player when you find different guys like obviously when i first started playing ed was the guy um but i had an older cousin who got me into van halen and took me to that first show he got me into led zeppelin jimmy page was my other guy so i had like three or four guys that really melded my playing so you Mm -hmm. know i'll call it ed i'll call it page totally different approaches right uh, Andy Summers is on that list and Stevie, oh, Ray, yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan's on that list for me. And of course I love Hendrix and of course I love Jeff Beck and everybody else. But like those guys were the most influential to me because each of them had a different thing that offered my playing kind of like you. When I, when I pick up a guitar at times, you'll hear, you know, if I, I put a nice chorusy echo sound, I go for those expensive jazz chords like Andy Summers. I just love it. If I pick up a Strat, I just turn to Stevie Ray and like to blow out some blues scales. If I pick up a nice Kramer or a nice 80s kind of like Strat, it's just Ed. And if I pick up a Les Paul, it's Jimmy. And all those guys, it's great having that influence to pull from. And and all our heroes do it. I mean, Ed pulled from Clapton and Beck. Jimmy Page pulled mm-hmm. from the old blues guys. And everyone you listen to borrowed from someone and made it into their own personality kind of like you did with Andy Summers and that's the great thing about you know being a musician there's no plagiarism really (laughs) (laughs) not really no I mean and it it sells millions of copies and you make a lot of money that people start to come looking for you like Led Zeppelin or whoever (laughs) right yeah I hear your stuff I'm gonna look it up Johnny Uh, the stuff oh thanks probably pretty cool Thanks. I I have stuff up on iTunes and Spotify and but it's all it's all kind of old. Well, well, it, it's from like 2010, 2011. Oh. I haven't really up probably the most recent stuff I've uploaded is well, you, you know like the the theme to this to these shows? Yeah. That's me. That's something I did, you know, like maybe 12, 13 years ago. So that's that's, you know, different uh different stuff. That's cool. Um yeah. Yeah, but uh, but hey, speaking of of guitar, can, can we see can we see some of your Absolutely. some of your guitars? Uh, pick one first. Uh, how about I don't know if Lewis is still around, but Lewis made the circles for me. So let's the, see. The, yeah, the really cool thing about this circles guitar, and Lewis made it. Um, obviously, every Van Halen fan wants one of these, mm-hmm. and probably no better than me evh gear they only made a limited run of these was it like 2014 or maybe one or two years they made this and they discontinued them so man i had one of those like the evh version yeah i had one and i i had to get rid of it um but funny story is i sold it to somebody on craigslist i sell it to them they end up selling it to somebody else who 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 knew it was mine like he like he follows me on Instagram. I don't know how, but he like so he knew. Like he's he's like Johnny. I just got your guitar, right? So I would say he probably still has it. 
So you know. here's the story with this. You know, I was tracking a couple of these on eBay, EVH 2014s, and you know what? Mm-hmm. Three, four thousand people are asking because they're limited and you're discontinued at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping Wolfgang changes some of that since he's what fifty percent owner of EVH now. But uh, Lewis made this for me. I think if he's in the chat, I believe it's an '80s Squire body. It's nice. It's heavy. It's nice. Um, what I did is I have a friend of mine who owns a local mom and pop music store here in, in Brooklyn, New York, Mike Maggio. He's probably not watching, but Maggio Music, if you're in the neighborhood, he is where I learned how to play guitar when I was 12 years old. It was his dad's shop, and he runs it now. Huge Eddie Van Halen fan. So he calls me up one day, and he knows I love Ed, and he goes, I have two uh, DiMarzio Super Distortions uh, from one's a 79, which is in my Bumblebee, which I'll pull out, and one's in early 80s. So this is a cream super distortion to Marzio from like 1980. I put that in here. Lewis made period correct non-fine tuner Floyd Rose. And uh, the back, Lewis did this phenomenal. It got the big Floyd Rose block in there. You know, nice. the, the artwork on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. I mean, the guitar rips. My buddy Mike Maggio set it up for me, put in the pickup. Lewis made this, and it's awesome. <laughs> Lewis is here. He's he's in the chat. There he is. So what 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 do you let's let's talk? See, Rob Johnson's not here. Rob was supposed to be here tonight, but he he, he had to cancel. But Rob Johnson is convinced that the original guitar is Midnight Blue. What what do you think about that? We joke about this a lot. See, Lewis, myself, <laughs> Lewis, myself, Kurt, and Steve O. You know Steve O. Yes. He, He's a, a, a member on your channel. Good yes. Friend. Steve-O. It's black. Yeah. EVH makes it. It's black. I noticed some pictures that people think it's midnight blue, and you could tint an old photo in any way, and it could appear to be a midnight blue. But it, in my opinion, every photo I've seen with Ed, and Ed signed off on this, and EVH made a black one. Yeah. I think it's black. I mean, wh- what do you think? Ah, it's black. Definitely. Black. Definitely. I mean, I did see Rob's video where he kind of he kind of like tilted it and, and he changed between the two colors, which right. which, you know, of course, if it's if it's a dark midnight blue color, of course, you can change the lighting and make it black. Yeah. Right. But every photo we've seen of that guitar, literally every every picture that I've seen anyway. Right. It's, it's black. And every other guitar he had back then was black and white. Yeah. You and- know, Part of me, like 5% of me thought, well, Ed liked to screw with everybody. He'd always like change things with the Variac, right? He would yeah. change settings and maybe yeah. he wanted to screw with people and did do Midnight Blue. But I, I I, just think it's black. That's my opinion. But so, yeah, Lewis is Fairfield. Awesome. <laughs> Rob was supposed to be here tonight, but he's. Oh, you would he, uh, he, he had to cancel last minute because of, of his job, but. So this he, is he will be back. This oh, is, there you go. This is an EVHB. And this has the 19, actual 1979 DiMarzio Super Distortion. So this was Whoa. one. Yeah, this was one that was, you know, Ed tinkered a lot with this guitar. And this guitar at times had a lot of different pickups. The famous mm-hmm. Mikey Mike pickup, that red one on the album, the photo shoot from Van Halen 2. Yep. Which the legend is Seymour Duncan wound that pickup when he worked at Mighty Mike. That pickup was in here. Then he went to the Super D. This was in here for a brief point of time. Might have been on Van Halen too, people think. I think Jim Kostad, 
who was on your show a few weeks ago, did those deep dives. Mm -hmm. And on YouTube, if you've never seen that series, he does like chasing the tone and the brown sound. You know, he did VH1, VH2, Women and Children First and Fair Warning. I think on VH2, um, he, he, I think he was saying the Super D might have been the one. I forget because all the videos blend for me. I know like the, the Super 78 was the first album and then like the Seymour JB before Seymour Duncan spun out and had his own company. He wound him one that was mm -hmm. like the second album. But I think... This was either the second or fair warning album, this pickup, the, the Super Distortion, but it definitely toured. It, it definitely, he toured with this pickup. So yeah, I put a Super D in here and it sounds hot, sounds great, but this is basically a stock EVH with, with a 1979 DiMarzio Super Distortion. So, oh, that's great. Yeah, this thing sounds and plays great. I mean, it's an EVH, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, th those are great. How many of you in the chat have, have one of those? Let us know. Yeah, um, this guy's some cool guitars. Yeah, this one, this one's um this is not an EVH, but this is a, a custom build Frankie. Um it's an ash body like Ed's. Uh this one has an actual EVH Wolfgang pickup in it. The cool thing with this one is um I have a push pull, so this isn't actually a dummy pickup. This coil actually works, unlike Ed's. Uh huh. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, so that's cool on here. This is a uh, stock '80s Floyd Rose. It's got a push and trim like the original ones, not a screw in. And uh, the work in the back is pretty cool. It's pretty close to like a lot of Ed's. What I liked about this one is like on the horn, it's got all the different holes for like all the different you know, eye hooks and, mm -hmm. you know, when he had the, uh, the Jack from the last pole put up here. Yeah. <laughs> all the different straps going in it. So this is, this is a really nice neck too. It's got some nice movement on it. It's nice and thin like most of Edge necks. And you know, the great guitar, it sounds killer. I, I play a lot with this one when I go to the studio with my friends and record with this. It's pretty good. I like mm -hmm. it. That's a great one, man. Oh, I got a cool one to show you, Johnny. This was a this was a second limited run from Kramer. That uh, you know, I think Gibson owns them now. Mark yes. is a friend of mine who's uh, one of the social guys over at Gibson. So this is the 1984 Beretta, Diver Down. Wow. So this comes stock with a Seymour Duncan JB push pull to split the coils. Mm-hmm. And just a really cool, like, hot rod guitar, which is cool. And, you know, if you love the album, which I do, one of the most underrated Van Halen albums, because we all know Ed didn't love it because a lot of the covers, but the album does kick ass. It's just a, just a great piece. And I think the only made this year they made, I think they came out originally in, like, 2010, and then Kramer reissued these and might have made, like, a thousand of them. So I keep seeing that Music Zoo was like in partnership with them to sell these Kramer, and they're at the end of the run, so there's not a lot of these around, and they're not expensive. I think they're listed around eight ninety nine or nine fifty, depending where you live. Mm -hmm. Cool piece of history to have. There's not a lot of them. That's a great one. I think I saw one of those at a Nam show uh, several years several years ago. Yeah, I mean it's got your, your basic Kramer neck. I mean the neck is nice and thin. Yeah. Oh, I got, you know, his, 
also just as a show another Lewis strap here. This is basically like the very first incarnation of the Frankie. 79 eruption strap with like a strat trim. Mm -hmm. That's a Seymour Duncan custom custom in there. And this is one of Lewis's dog chain straps. So, you know, the, yeah. these, these clover hooks are amazing. Very hard to find. Look how he relic them, just like, you know, the mm -hmm. late things. He, he was telling us that last Friday. Yeah. They're, they are awesome. And it complements this piece. Like, you know, having this guitar with this strap is great, just like the uh, monitor strap. Oh, that's awesome, man. Man, you got cool guitars. You got some cool photos back there, too, I see. Oh, yeah, I'll show you some of those. And then, yeah, I got Lewis's uh, Bumblebee strap, and I think you have one of these bomber straps. Yes, thank you again. Look at the clip Lewis. on that. So cool. I mean, authentic World War II bomber clip. Can't buy that in the store, wow. kid. <laughs> no. No. But you can from Fairfield Guitar Co. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Lewis, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the Wall of Fame is some folks. Uh, that's Ed, in, you know, straight back, 78. Uh, Kiss, 76. Got the uh, the Beatles, uh, Sergeant Pepper press conference photo. Oh, wow. Yeah, Clapton, did, the middle bottom there, underneath that. Did you watch the, the Beatles? Did you watch the Get Back series? Oh, dude, I watched it like three times. Oh, it was great. And you know what I love about it is that, you, you know, I've watched the old VHS tapes from the 80s when they started in Twinkenham before they got to uh, Abbey Road Studios and the fighting. They made it sound like that's why they broke up. But when you watch that footage, and Peter Jackson did a phenomenal job on this, not only restoring the footage so it looked digitally amazing, he must have went through thousands of hours of footage, this guy. And he basically said, you know, when Paul, he met McCartney when he was doing it. And it took him like, I don't know, two or three years to do it. And McCartney actually said he was scared when he asked Peter how it was going because he, did, he didn't remember. He didn't see all those hours of footage. McCartney, he didn't know what was on those tapes from 50 years ago. So uh, yeah, he, he actually said, Peter Jackson's like, I didn't know what to expect. I expected the worst. But when you watch that documentary, if anyone hasn't watched it, that was not the breaking up of the Beatles because you, you saw how joyous they were and how, how they were getting along and how they wrote those songs. Mm -hmm. What really pressured them was that crunch time of they gave themselves a month to write an album and do a show and film it. So they were under immense pressure, but they were getting along. And then when uh, Billy Preston came in, the keyboard player, like it was, they just lit up. They were so happy. And, and, and that, to me, I love, I love Lennon, but McCartney was the musical genius of that man. When you see what all the yeah. pieces came out you with can and see all the that. written it, it was awesome. Yeah, it really was. And McCartney, I, I really didn't realize that. I mean, I grew up on their music and right. I mean, I wasn't some hell of like, like I'm a huge, you know, Van Halen geek, but I wasn't some huge Beatles nerd. So I really didn't know a lot of that backstory and stuff. But when I watched uh, get back, I've, I've, you really got to understand more about that band and how it really was right. Paul like in charge of a lot of that stuff. And yeah, he was the director. He wanted, songs. 
he wasn't like a tyrant. He was a director because I think those guys were so carefree and laid back. You know, George was the hippie. John admittedly would smoke pot every night and come in kind of like still high. That If it wasn't for Paul, nothing would get done. So mm -hmm. Paul was just like, you know, the director. But they each contributed. That's the amazing thing. Like you see Ringo going in that one clip and he's like writing Octopus's Garden, Ringo Starr on the piano. And then George comes over and is like, you know, you should do this chord for the bridge and turn it around. And that's how the genius worked. They were just all great musicians with great ideas and they all contributed. And they really did get along and had a mutual respect for each other. And I think that came across in the video, in the, in the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. And it was awesome. Awesome stuff. Awesome. And just imagine, man, a Van Halen version of that. Imagine that. Imagine what that what that we, would be like. We need something like that. And I wonder, I mean, you would know more than I would if there's any kind well. of <laughs> footage of something that somebody was working on. Well, who's the guy who wrote uh, Eruption in the Canyons? His name is escaping me. Uh, I don't remember. He was working on something. He put that book, right, right. He put that book out, and he. I read the book, and he was filming this this whole kind of documentary thing, and then it got shelved, right, before the first reunion. I've heard something about that. Yes, it is somewhere. <laughs> um. Yeah, but a Van Halen version of like Get Back or just anything. I mean, I mean the 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 live stuff is always awesome. Um backstage stuff goofing around right you know all, all all that stuff um will will dunham durham dunham right will are you gonna be at nam man i'll be there man if, if you're gonna be there man let's 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 hook up man uh fairfield guitar have a good night man thank you again for i mean just everything and lewis you're always welcome always welcome around here man so we'll uh, we'll do it again. Uh, what was I just saying? Um, uh, the last time you were at Nam. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, but uh, somebody in the chat, let me know because I totally forgot what I was saying. But no, something else I was going to say. You got that Kiss photo back there. Nineteen seventy-six backstage. Yeah. Nineteen seventy-six. I I saw Kiss in nineteen ninety. With Winger and Vixen. I saw that tour. Uh, Hot in the Shade. Winger, uh, Kiss, and another band. I'm trying to remember. Vixen. Who. Yeah. Vixen. I saw that, and then I saw them in '96 in Irvine, California, when they were for when they came back with all the makeup and and all that. But when I was working with Desmond Child, we actually did a showcase at a pub for Bill Coin. Right. The old man. And, you right. know who he is? Yeah, yeah. The guy, the guy that passed on Van Halen for Billy Squire. Yes. Right. So, so here I am playing on on this tiny stage, and this guy's sitting there, you know, smoking a cigar. It's the same story that Eddie told back in the day when Van Halen showcased for him. It's a guy sitting there with his feet up, smoking. It was the exact same thing, and here I am living like a repeat of 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 stuff I had heard about, you know. Right. And and Bill Coin, he was cool. He was he was really cool. One of his critiques though about us, about the the band that I was in, was we had too many water bottles on stage and not enough beer bottles. Oh, you that are was, all enough for him, really. That was his critique, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, that's that's one of my one of my kiss uh, 
right. connections, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Well, what was the thing with Bill? I, I, I knew about the Billy Squire thing, but I also think like it was he didn't want to take Gene away from Kiss. He knew that if they signed Van Halen, which is kind of weird because you want a great selling act on your label because I think Casablanca was also in trouble at that time financially. Mm. Uh, mm. But he was like, yeah, I didn't want to pull Gene's focus away from Kiss if we brought Van Halen on the label. That sounds ridiculous to me. But um, yeah, they signed Billy Squire like over Van Halen, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I like Billy Squire. Don't say no. Oh, he's got some great stuff. Top 10 rock and roll album for me, but it's not nowhere near Van Halen. But um, I saw that Kiss tour in 96. A, a bunch of friends of mine are crazy Kiss fans, like we're Van Halen fans. And we went to Tiger Stadium right. and saw that first show. They did it like a weenie roast in California as a warm up. And then Tiger Stadium was the first show in 96. And it was Allison Change and, and Sponge, Sponge opening. And we were in the 10th row. My buddy bought the tickets. He's, he's a rich guy who lives in, on uh, Toad Hill, Staten Island. And he bought us the tickets, 10th row, 96. And if you ever watched the video for Shout It Out Loud from that tour, it was like a promo video. It pans the stadium and all the fireworks are going off in the pyro. And it gets to a point in the crowd. You see a Bill Clinton mask on with a Kiss Paul Stanley star, uh, star on it. He was there? Oh, uh, no. It was someone with the mask <laughs> And right after that clip in the video, someone's holding up a New York State license plate that says Kiss Army. And it was my buddy, Mikey Fish, and that was us in the 10th Oh, row. cool. So, yeah, that's kind of a cool story. I'm going to see, I'm gonna have to see that. 96, I went to the Garden. I went to the Spectrum. I was in Detroit. We saw a bunch of shows in 96 because it was a big deal. Kiss with makeup. You know, we all wanted to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. It was, cool. It was great. It was great. I I'll admit I'm not the biggest Kiss fan in the world, but me neither. But I, I yeah, I appreciated it. It's it's still it's rock, and still they're it's like a Van Halen. Show. They're one of those bands. It, it's, Kiss. it's a bucket list. Yeah, historic Kiss show. You got to go experience it because it is a great show. I mean, Van Halen is also a great show, just with way better songs and Eddie. <laughs> but but, <laughs> but but Kiss was a great show. You know, I saw that show a bunch of times, and it, it was a great show. Yeah. Rock and roll. Yeah. yeah it, it's only rock and roll, you guys. And there's a bunch of Zeppelin and Stones pictures around the room, too. So, you know, oh. I got covered in here. Springsteen, because I'm from Jersey. Clapton, a bunch of Clapton's, because Eddie and Clapton, there's a little relationship there. Yeah. And some. Well, that's. Th dude, th th this is awesome. And I'll tell you why. I mean, you're, you know, you're one of the, you know, we're Van Halen nerds. Right. You know, but and you have all those guitars there, but you also have an appreciation for all these other bands, too. You're not just like one, you, you know, sorry, Rob, but you're just not like one guy that's just like Van Halen, Van Halen, you know, right. like you, you like a lot of the other stuff, too. And that's great. Well, that's like yourself. Like if you're a guitar player um, and you come up and I'm a blues rock guy, I mean, how can't you love Clapton and Page and Beck and Hendrix and Steve mm -hmm. Ray Vaughan? And then once mm -hmm. you get into Ed. And, and Steve Vai in the 80s and all those great gunslingers, the Vito Bradas and this guy and Richie Coxons and all these guys. I love Dweezil Zappa. I love every uh, Ed-inspired guy. Like, you know, the guy who plays with Dave now, Alistrada, monster. I uh, love Richie Coxon. I love Paul Gilbert. I love Dweezil because they're all Ed guys. So if you're a guitar <laughs> player, you have to, in my opinion, you got to love all of that, you know, but it all comes from Ed. Right. <laughs> Later on, it all comes from Ed. After Paige, yeah. Paige and Hendricks and Ed, that was it. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, right. 
but uh well this man. is funny um I'm, I'm probably gonna start to cut out soon because uh the wife is looking for me she's texting I'm, me she watch her show. yeah i saw somebody walk by there earlier and they're they were like looking at their watch i saw that um <laughs> Well, my little guy, I told you, my little guy's like you. He wants to come down and play Xbox. He's on Xbox all night, so he'll come oh. down and play. Well, dude, that that that's a good uh, that that's a good time for me to promo my my yeah. Twitch uh, my Twitch stream Grand Theft Auto uh, every night. <laughs> that's awesome. I'll be live later on Twitch. You said you even get those alerts. You, I do because I, I I went to Twitch because of you to watch the show, and now that I'm on Twitch, I and I follow you and I subscribe. I see all your all your alerts. All <laughs> so I'm going to bed. I'm like, oh, Johnny's playing GTA right now, but I got to go to work in a few hours. <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to work on the game. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I have an office. I have a building that actually says Johnny Bean TV in the game. That's awesome. This is it's all true. So, uh, but hey, Mikey Mojo. Thank you so much. This has been Dude. a blast. Everybody. Oh, Symmetry. There you are, man. Symmetry. He's a part of what we call the 5150 crew within GTA. It's myself, Symmetry, Mickey Sotomayor, Robot Masters, a bunch of these dudes. We're actually uh, called the 5150s within GTA, and it's a lot of fun. That's cool. Like your own gang in GTA. Yeah, you have to be. You You have to be. Dude, you've seen the game. You, you know what I it's know. like. It's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy, man. It's insane. But uh, cool. Well, hey, thank you, everybody, for watching us tonight. This has been kind of a, a special uh, edition episode because normally we're live on Twitch on Wednesdays. And then this normally this show would be live on Twitch, and then I would upload this to YouTube on the, right. on the Thursday. So, But in this case, we're live tonight here on, on YouTube. Uh, so tomorrow... There won't be a Van Halen show uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern, but Laz and I will go live from Berkeley, California. I don't know if you were watching. We, we do a Saturday night, a crazy Saturday night show here. Um, Saturday. Where we, Saturday night, where we actually found, I don't know if you've seen those pictures of the Van Halen 1984 promotion from Tower Records in Berkeley, where they painted the front of the building Van Halen. They had like all this cool stuff. We actually found that building, and we're going to go and, and go live from outside that building tomorrow. And you got to repaint it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to stop and get some some spray paint, and we're going to repaint uh, Van Halen on the front of it. We were so. talking about <laughs> Robert Vargas, man. Robert Vargas did that awesome Ed mural at the Guitar Center in the West Coast. Yes. We're, we're going to visit that in two, in two weeks. We're going to go to that. And not a lot of people know, but the Robert Vargas mural – what you do is you scan a QR code with your phone and you go back and you look through the mural on your phone and the mural actually becomes to life. That's I don't right. know if you even know this. It becomes like a, like an animated cartoon of Eddie like rocking out. It's true. That's great. And he's That's a true because he plays. He's got a guitar. And yeah. He's got a red striped guitar and everything, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but hey, uh, thank you everybody for watching us tonight. And, and uh, this Friday... Uh, exclusively Van Halen, uh, regular day and time. Uh, we'll have uh, Mikel. Is it uh, Schinkel? Uh, he'll he'll be uh, he'll be with us, and he uh, he's actually he was the like the 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 president president of the Dutch fifty one fifty fan club back in the nineties. 
That's awesome. So he actually has some really cool stories to tell you guys. It'll probably be a 12-hour show. Yeah, I'd love to pick that guy's brain. That's awesome. Because we're actually going live at 3 p.m. Eastern on Friday. So it's noon. So I'll, I'll just have to get up early. I'll have to be up before noon. Uh, but it'll be a great show. So Mikhail Schenkel, join us. Join us this this Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern. So thank you so much, channel members. Thank you for all your continued support for this channel and these shows. And uh, we will see you guys. We'll see you guys next time. Awesome. All right, John, thanks for great having to, me. Great to see you. Great to see you, man. All right. Rock on, everybody. Johnny Bean TV. Hey, this is Michael Anthony right here, and you are watching exclusively Van Halen on the Johnny Bean TV. Keep it there. Woo!